Well, we busy this week and this month with the phenomenal, you are called. Say, I am called. Now say it one more time that the devil can hear it because the enemy doesn't want you to yield to the calling of God. Now when we say we are called, uh, most of us in this building this morning, when you were eight, nine, and ten, you had ideas, I'm going to be a fire brigade man, I'm going to be a police officer, I'm going to be a doctor and what a teacher and you become something completely different. Who is that this morning in the building? Who had big ideas when you were a child? Now it's universal all over the world. If you ask this question, people will tell you, I didn't become what I thought at the age of eight and nine and 10 and 11. Whoever lost a job, whoever worked for a company and they went out of business, Okay, now you understand your calling is not, it doesn't, it's not spelled (laughs) J-O-B. And that's not old brown sherry. (laughs) You know, job stands for just over broke. So your calling, your job is what helps you to make a living. But it's not what your real calling is as a child of God. Help me somebody. Because what happens when you retire, you lose a job, does your calling then stop? No. And you see, that's a mindset that's in the world. Because the world wants you to think not as God thinks. Now you are called to become. And it's up to you and me if we're going to live our calling. I knew powerful people. I mean, they dead today. They never live out their calling. And, uh, and that's the sad part because when life hits you and smack you and slap you, people move out from what their calling is and they go to substitutes. Most people are living with a substitute. You don't drink sugar because it makes you fat. Now you use candorol. Candorol is poison. It's a substitute to sugar. There's aspartame in. Aspartame gives memory loss, but we don't read the fine scripture. You see, it's the same in our life's journey. Because you kind of walk out of that doors and you go back into the real life. And if you don't know truth about what is your life's assignment? Your whole life is going to be so miserable. You will never be fulfilled until you say yes to the calling of God. Now, when I talk about calling, most people see the pulpit. No, preaching is 4%. The other about ministry is 95%. And uh, now the world is our pulpit. Now, we come here and Paul gives us an an invitation in Romans chapter number 8 and verse 28 and 29. He says, we are assured and know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good, not for bad, to and for those who love God, who love God, God loves you and you love God and are called according to his design and purpose. So in other words, I cannot live haphazardly. Verse 29, it says, For those whom he foreknew of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also distant from the beginning, foreordained them to be molded into the image of his son and share inward his likeness. So in other words, I was called to become like Jesus. You will never be Jesus. You can never be a God, but God designed you, called you to be like Jesus. Help me somebody. That's why John the Baptist came and he said in John chapter four, I must become less so that he can become more. The modern Christian is more of me, less of Jesus. Now, this is powerful. He says that he might become the firstborn amongst many 
brethren. Let me read out of the New Living Translation. He says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. His purpose. So God has called you. Say, God only has a plan A for my life. For God know, knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. That's why God chose you. To become like his son. Son, Jesus, would be the firstborn and many brothers and sisters. So we have discovered my, my, my first thing in life is, my first calling is that God can just love me. Then I love God back because God loved you when you hated him. You were a sinner. You, you say that name, Jesus and you in Afrikaans, as you say, Jesus, that's a krach woord. Oh, you help us when you were not saved. Or the word God, God. You know, we use it as, a, as foul language. We don't mean, but God still loved you. Help me, somebody. So this is the thing. God didn't change his mind about you because he's calling you every day. And we discover the first thing is, that's what we call worship, why we worship. When everything we do is worship, giving us worship, uh, worship is worship. We do it, uh, brooming the church is worship. My word, that it's worship, ushering is worship. Because I do it because I love. My second calling in life was what we have discovered is that uh, I am called to belong. You can never make it on your own. No, God never called you to do it that way. Because he knows you cannot make it on your own. God didn't. You, he said we are body parts. We are each. An eye out of the body, out of the socket means nothing. Uh, a finger without the hand means nothing. A toe without the foot means nothing. A liver without the body means nothing. And the Bible says we are body parts. Part of each other. You need a body to function in. Psalm 92. If you are planted, not potted, planted, you will flourish. You will be old, but you will still have youth. <laughs> Thank you. That's from an 83-year young that say amen. Now we're 20, uh, uh, amen. We're 32, uh, hallelujah. Ah, praise the Lord! I'm not going to allow my story to get out of hand. To go. See, family, this is very important stuff because it's your whole future, your whole life. You are in a race, and then we discovered we are called to become like His Son, like Jesus. Now, Pastor Tasha, last week. Uh, also share my calling. There's eight things that you need to know about your calling and you need to live your calling is number one, my calling is a gift from God. I didn't do anything to deserve it. It's a gift from God. Galatians 1, 6, God by his grace through Christ has called you to become his people. God called you. It's a grace. There's a grace. It's, it's a chanada. It's a grace upon your life. It's not how good you are, not how educated you are, and we need to equip ourselves. It's not what money I have. In the old days, if somebody has a lot of money, he's on the church board. He's the main elder. That time is over. That was Penny Poloni. We are in a time frame where God's church is moving nameless and faceless. It's the whosoever is available. And then also 2 Timothy 1.9 NIV. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. So God called us for his purpose. Not your husband, not your wife, not your parents. A lot of people live their parents' dreams. Help me. That's not what God. So my first calling, I must realize it's a gift from God. Say a gift from God. 
That's why I can never boast and say it's all about me. Anybody who say it's all about me are in trouble. Because they not operate in meekness. They not operate in integrity. And they will not be generous. Any person who say it's about me is also always self-centered and live selfish lives. Second thing about my calling, what they discussed last week, I'm called for God's purpose. And uh, God didn't make me only for you. God made me first for his purpose. Help me somebody. Because in Romans chapter 9 verse 11, NCV translation, before the two boys were born, God told Rebecca, the older will serve the younger. This was before the boys had done anything good or bad. God said this so that the one chosen would be chosen because of God's own plan. God has a plan for your life. And a lot of people don't live out God's plan. They live in survival mode. I will survive. And you cannot live in survival mode. God has a, you are a person of impact. The greatest miracle on the face of the earth after Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension is you. You once were lost, now you are found. Come on, somebody. And uh, this morning we come to the third one. God chose my calling before I was born. Galatians 1.15, New Living Translation. It pleases God in his kingdom to choose me. Tell somebody, say you are chosen. Now, we're not talking about a political party who choose you. We're not talking about the devil who choose you. We talk about God, the creator of heaven and earth, choose you. He says, but even before I was born, God chose me and he called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him. Say, I am called. Now, this is the most powerful thing that you must discover because in Jeremiah 1.5, out of the message translation, before I shaped you, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. God didn't say to the angels, my Lord. They sit this morning in Eagle Street number four and I didn't know it. No. God knows everything about us. And this is what God is doing. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew and had approved you as my chosen instrument and before you were born I separated and set you apart consecrating you and appointed you as a prophet to the nations speaking to the prophet Jeremiah I was born in northern Rhodesia today it's called Zambia in a little town called Shingola we stayed in Ndola and that was in 19 Futsac, 1956, Lord have mercy, many years ago. Told you that's when Van Ribia came with the Titanic in Cape Town. But God had a calling upon my life. Same with you. Tasha was born in 1977, January the 17th. Is that right? in a town on the border of Swaziland called Pitratif, where we were pastors. Lancel was born in Boxburg. You see, people, you were born wherever you were born. Uh, this is the amazing race that we are on, is that God has a calling for you. He called you. He called you. He chose you. Say, I've been chosen. Isaiah 44, 2. I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. That time they said, we gave us a blow barber, whatever that means. That was me now. I wasn't born normal. That's why you can see I'm not. My mother... 
what do you call it, the C-section. And she always said, the fact that my stomach looked like it looked when I was little, she said, it's you. You see, but God had this great calling. So what I need to discover about my calling, my calling is a gift from God. I'm called to live out God's purpose. Any other thing that you live out will be a waste of time because you are not living the purpose why you were designed for. The third thing what we said, God chose my calling before I was born. Number four, my sins and my shortcomings and my mishaps doesn't change my calling. Here we have a vicious man. He was a Christian terrorist in 1 Timothy 1 verse 12 to 13. And that was Paul. He said, and he said, and he said one more time, he said, by calling me into his service. This is a letter from Paul and an apostle of Christ, verse 12, Jesus, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, verse 13. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ in my insolence, persecuted his people, he took them to the lion arena. He murdered them. He said, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Your mistakes doesn't disqualify you with the calling of God. That time, they took the Christians alive, put tar on them, put them on a pole, while the Roman soldiers will have all these orgies and horrible parties and put them on fire to give light while they are feeding themselves with whatever. So Christians were burned alive. Today, if somebody just looked negative at you, step on your ingrow toenail, just make a remark, that's not worthwhile, I'm never going to serve God anymore, I cannot take it anymore. You, what will you do when they put the tar on you? This 12-year-old girl, maybe I'll tell the story here, in Egypt, ISIS got them a real story, Pastor Hannes will share that on Wednesday morning. And they, they took the parents and said, deny Jesus Christ and accept Allah again. Or we gonna. And the little girl, 12-year-old, Susanna, she said, Mommy, Daddy, don't deny him. I'm willing. Because then I live in with Jesus. And they said, we're not going to deny him. And they, in front of them. Here we sit. Hackers up my path, you motu. Hackers up my path, you motu. The coat, the warm, the lunk, the court. We have all these kind of excuses that brings us in trouble. Help me, somebody. He says, what Paul was telling you, what I mentioned earlier, God doesn't have a plan B for my life. Only a plan A. One day, we're going to stand before the throne to give account. What did we do with our lives? Lord, it's that one. No, the Lord said, I'm not talking. They're going to appear before me. I'm talking to you right now to give account. What is it what you want to hear from God? Come in thy good and thy faithful servant. Now, if, we, if that's the words, the church of Jesus and every believer needs to turn back to faithfulness because he said, thy unfaithful, you're bad. Listen what Jesus said in that parable. He called them bad. He said, you're bad and unfaithful servant. 
So we need to understand this because Satan's trapped out there. He knows you're going to be a person of impact. You're going to be so powerful. And he wants to hinder you to live it out. My fifth calling is my calling is permanent. I cannot change it. But I decide. I'll say yes or I'll say no to God. This is terrible. Because Romans eleven twenty nine NIV, God's gift and his callings are irrevocable. It's on that calling that we're going to appear. What did I do with my life? Your job is the help to live life, to make a life. But my calling from God is to live out God's great plan. That's why I must know, I must first be loved and love God back. And then I must belong because God doesn't have loose standing stuff. The kingdom of darkness has order. Do you think God's kingdom is disorder? No. It's got an order. Your body is an order. Think if your arms were sitting on the wrong place. Think if you have one eye here that looks left and you have an eye here that looks right. So if you want to look left, you do that. And when you want to look right, you do that. Now there's order. And this is what it needs to happen because you can only become when you let God love you and you love him back and you belong. Then you can become because if I build my life on these things, if you want the power of God in your life, you want the power of God and the blessing of God on your life, you want the anointing of God through your life. You need to understand the principle of the word. Because God's calling is permanent. Romans eleven twenty nine. don't worry, we're close to finish. God's gift and his call can never be withdrawn. God called you. Say, I'm called. Turn to the person next to you, say, you are called. Turn to the person on the other side of you, say, you are called. See, and Satan tries to get you out of that calling. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too this. I'm too... Stop that. Excuses will bring you nowhere in life. Mandela said, it looks impossible until it's done. It looks impossible until it's done. Number six... My calling, my purpose is connected to other people. You cannot say God called you and you serve God and you're not connected to other people. Ephesians 4, 4, New Living Translation, we are all one body. Look at somebody say, there's some of my body parts not here this morning. No wonder I feel like I feel. But we who are here, we are one body. Listen, and have the same spirit capital S, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Hallelujah. The same Spirit called to the same glorious future hope. That's why God's Spirit will not lead you opposite of what God is busy doing right now. People try to be smart, and now if somebody tells me God told them, then I just switch off, and I said, okay, I'm a human being. I'm not here to argue. What tells me if it was God is time. It's time. Time is the best teacher. Well, God led me. God told me. Time is going to tell me. If you heard from Casper and you were false, or you heard from the Holy Spirit and you are led by the Spirit and not by prophets and prophecy. Prophets must confirm, and I'm not against prophets. I love prophets. I can prophesy myself. I don't like the prophet lying in prophecy. That's what I don't like. Because you release things in the spirit world. And this is the thing. My calling, go and make 
disciples of all nations. You pray the Lord of the harvest, Matthew chapter 9, to send in laborers into the harvest field. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So my calling is always about other people. Not to say how smart I am. That doesn't mean anything. We all smell the same when we did. Help me. So Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. It says, brothers and sisters, you are holy partners in a heavenly calling. You are. And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. You see, family, this is the thing. You can either work with God or against God. And a lot of people, they work against God's plan. I'll do it my way, Frank Sinatra. I know better than you. I say, okay, you know better. I don't know at all. I don't know anything. I'm a learner. But time is going to tell me what you believe was a lie or the truth. And if it's not the word, it's not God. Help me, somebody. Brothers and sisters of the GW translation, you are holy partners in a heavenly calling. It's heaven that called you. Number seven. God empowers what he calls me to do. Because 2 Thessalonians 1.11, NCV translation, that is why we always pray for you, asking our God to help you live the kind of life he called you to live. Unselfish, lovable, caring. Help me, somebody. We pray that with his power, God will help you to do the good things you want and perform the works that comes from your faith. That translation is there. There you can see it. So we keep on praying for you. That's why we pray. You need to pray for us as leaders because we're going to give account. How did I help you to develop as a giant? Every pastor is there. He's going to give account to the flock about the flock that God has given him. We're going to stand before God to say, what did we do with the people, the disciples Jesus gave us to entrust? You didn't make any disciples. You're in trouble. The blind cannot lead the blind. Thank you for preaching with me this morning. This is important. God empowers what he calls me to do. God doesn't just put you there and say, you're going to do it. No, you have the Holy Spirit. He gave you all the weapons. He gave you all the equipment. He gave you the word. He gave you everything possible so that you can make it in this life. Come on, somebody. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, NIV. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Do you know how many times I want to quit ministry? Years ago, I resigned after a Sunday night service. I normally resigned every Sunday night. I got a phone call out of Zerus Transvaal, old Transvaal, a trout on the other side. He said, you know, I don't think about you every day, but this is the word of the Lord. You can withdraw that resignation and unpack your suitcases. I've called you for the town you're in, and that's where you will die. Goodbye. And he puts the phone down. I took a calling to the AFM in Mariental. They offered me money I never had, all the, the benefits, and a brand new Mercedes-Benz every year. And I thought I had a bargain. I tried to run away from God out of Cryfontein. Cryfontein was my Leah. I hated this town because all what I knew in this town was persecution. We were the first multinational church. The mayor called me in and said, I'll have you chuck out of this town in a week. The, the AWB cut the brake pipes, turned the wheel nuts loose, the driving shafts. They put sugar in the petrol tank. I can tell you stories. My life wasn't just, woo, kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. No, 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 no. 
was twice nearly assassinated. I can tell you stories that I prayed. Within a week, the mayor was out of town. And here I am, 43 years, sitting here on Crybrae. 43 years! A lifetime! Some of you were not born even that time. Walk 76 miles a week. Can tell you stories. Until I marry my town and it became my Leah changed into my Rachel. But you first need to marry your Leah before Rachel can produce the dream. Now this is the, the stories I have to tell. The eighth thing is there is a prize for living out my calling. There's a reward. Come in thy good and faithful servant. And in Philippians chapter 3, 14, NIV, Paul says, I pressed on towards the goal, the mark, the win, the price. There's a price. God's going to reward you for which God has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. When I die and when they have my memorial service, I don't want to hear he's done that, that, that. I want them to say and they can only say that and say amen and go home and eat brayani. He lived and he fulfilled God's dream for his life. It's all I want, they can say. I don't want to be known for all the things I've pioneered and of all the impact I've done. I want them to say, Gustav lived out. And he fulfilled God's dream. He never used excuses not to be what God has assigned him to be. He said, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Church, this is so important. And the last scripture is 1 Thessalonians 2.12. Before I'm going to leave you with something. He said, live the kind of life that pleases God. Who calls you to share in his own kingdom and glory. There's going to be a big party. And they say the superstar is Jesus. But the one that's with him, perform with him, is going to be your name. Because this person lived out what he or she was designed for. What makes, what hinders that we're not living the calling? The author of the book of Hebrews comes in Hebrews 12, 1, and he gives us instruction. Turn to somebody, say, thank God it's over. Say, thank God it's finished, it's done. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, he says, to the life of faith, let us, I must do it, strip off every weight, every weight. An excuse becomes a weight. Unforgiveness and bitterness and anger and disappointments becomes a weight. <laughs> Not living out what I was designed for becomes a weight. He says, strip off every weight that slows us down. What's the weight in your life this morning that are slowing you down? Not to be this great champion, this hero of faith that God has called. Is it maybe that self-promotion? Is it that you want to feel important? 
I've sat with people, they're too high to come by. Then I think my word. They boast about this, how expensive their shoes are. We pay 6,000 rand for my shoes. Then I think I sit there with Chinatown shoes that looks the same like yours. I pay 299 and it takes me just where you go. Ask me if they impact lives. Oh, my shoes. I was in a conference and I was the main speaker. And afterwards, they had this cookie and tear thing. And then the preachers will say, my shoes are more expensive than your car monthly payment. My suit material is $90 a yard. And I think, ah, oh, sack. I did. What do I have to do with material and shoes? Well, God saved people, set the captive free, and healed people supernaturally of diseases and sickness. What's the weight this morning? What weight of the past is holding you? What disappointment? You were flowing in the gifts and you were working for God and, and somebody made a remark or said something. Now I could sing and I could sing high notes. I sang with Dr. Pete Kurnoff was in the audience and my Ruvia and I thought, dear Jesus, that was with Tasha's wedding. And I could sing high notes. Ave Maria. You by my side. Somebody came to me and said, you sing so false. You sing off the note. I couldn't sing anymore. God used me to raise a man out of a wheelchair when I was 15 years old. And my pastor came to me and said, you're too big for your shoes. He said, you embarrass me. If there's somebody must do it, it's me. So I couldn't pray for the sick for years. It was a weight that somebody hanged on me and I embraced it. I took it willingly because I should have known better. He said, strip off. We're going to strip off this morning every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run, run. You cannot be slow motion, run with endurance the race God has set before us. Most of us have time against us. You are called and you must live the calling. Turn to somebody, say, live your calling. My calling is a gift from God. I didn't call me, God called me. I'm called for God's purpose and not for my own. I'm, God chose my calling before I was born. My sins and my mistakes and my shortcomings doesn't change my calling. It doesn't disqualify me. If you made a mistake, repent of it. If you had something against, let it go. If you trip, stand up, dust yourself off and say, I may have had a few setbacks, but my comeback is greater. If you walk in unforgiveness, go to a person and say, I make right with you. I never sleep angry. I never go through a day that I keep anything against anybody because you have till midnight to make right. His promises are new every morning. Listen, church, my calling is permanent. You cannot change it. It's permanent. My calling, my purpose is connected to other people. If you called and you live out your calling, you will care. I don't want people to go to hell. I cried Friday night when they sent me the clip of the youth and they told me the story. I said, my God, this is what we want to see happen. The pastor from the UK, Pastor Rene, prophesied here about what's happening right now in the youth. God empowers us what he calls me to do. He empowers you. That's why equip yourself. You have an amazing race before you. There's a prize for living out my calling, a reward. Somebody sent a prophecy and I was reading it this morning. And the person said, the Lord said, I found you faithful. And I said, God, me. Somebody I haven't seen in a long time. 
And when they said that, they said, hear the word of the Lord. Because God wants you in your amazing race. You will only be known for one of two things in this life. The problems you created or the problems you solved. Now the question is this morning. They can get ready for the baptism. The question is this morning, the how to respond to my calling. I can let you just go out of the service. Maybe they did it last Sunday. But on your chair is a paper. If you fold it in, you don't need to do it again. It says, my choice. Ready, steady, go. You're at the place where you're going to take on this race and the person who shoot the shot to let the athlete start running said ready then steady boom go put your name and surname in please put in your self number your telephone number your email if you want to there's certain we have so many ministries. But we want to help you. I was maybe 20 past 7 this morning on the parking lot here outside. Standing with the board. Smile. It's Sunday. Because nothing is too big or too small for me to do. You say, well, I can play music, I can sing, I can. They need you. If you don't put your talent, your gifting into action, it leads to a passion killer. Unemployed talents. You say, I can usher. That's ministry. Ministry. Multimedia and sound ministry. The, she, she looks like, is it Graceland? Okay. She came with Uber this morning. She comes to this services with Uber from Ravensmead. We stay around the corner. Ach, here, ek gaat nie vanmorgen nie. She comes with Uber with her children every Sunday. Another person arrived here with Uber while I was standing with smile it's Sunday. I said, God, forgive me that I will not make, I, I will make any sacrifice, but that if I would make a lesser sacrifice. See, when excuses start manipulating your life, this is about God. This is not about Lofdal. This is about God. We create opportunities, I believe. I get so many texts from people. Thank you. You know our school principal where she comes out and today she runs a school, a government registered school with 215 students. Where she comes out, she sent me a text. Thank you for believing in me. I believe in people. I believe in people. Parking ministry, that's the greatest park. I like to park. and Greeting. Outreach. We've got people from Mexico that arrived yesterday. Their flight was delayed. They flew via, uh, not Bulgaria, uh, Turkey. That flight was delayed. They already got 1 o'clock, 1 a.m. in the morning. Yesterday, they arrived and they went on the outreaches. Serving ministry. Put your prayer request in you want to be it confidential, we keep it confidential. Otherwise, we'll pray. Do it now. Just say, Gustav, I'm not ready. Well, it's up to you. Life is made out of choices, not out of changes. You have a choice. When is the right time? It's now the time. Because when I can live out, I can live with God's plan or without His plan. That's universal. And if you battle with certain issues, 
on the 24th of August. Then there's a cleansing course on the Monday. There's tomorrow night that you can get rid of demons. There's a prophetic school on Wednesdays that we teach you how to prophesy and not prophesy. To set the captive free. Every person in this building this morning, just take a minute before, uh, before we do it, Tash. Let's just have a minute. Every person that says, Gustav, I yield to the calling of God. I say yes. I give him a big yes. Don't say no. When God says, I'm calling you right now to go into the harvest field. When the lost make disciples. Don't oppose what God wants to do because the promise what he said is undescribable when we fulfill what we were designed for. You say, I say yes this morning for God's call. Will you stand with me right now in the mighty name of Jesus? Hallelujah. I say yes. Yes, 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 Lord. I say yes. I say yes. Now what you see what's going to happen. This is our youngest grandson. He's 12 years old. They were touched by the power of God. The signet ring that I belong to Christ's family is normally in the baptism. If you're not baptized and you gave your heart to the Lord, this can happen to you. Because to say, Jesus, I follow you. In the book of Acts, they say, what must we do? He said, repent and be baptized. And we thank God. I was baptized. Malachi is a year older than when I was baptized at the age of 13. And uh, Okay. Thank you, Jesus. There Malachi is going. But the scripture says, tonight we're going to baptize our granddaughter also. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That, that water is about two degrees. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a new name written in glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, as we stand this morning in your presence, first ask the person next to you, do you know Jesus? I'm so proud of what's happening here. All my children and grandchildren serves God. You okay, lovey? Okay. Just mindful Every person this morning, we're going to pray. We're going to pray that this great God, first ask the person next to you, say, are you born again? Is your name written in the book of life? Don't worry, it's just past 11. We're still on time. If they say, no, I'm not, I don't know if I'm born again, say, can I help you this morning? Every person here born again. Let's pray this morning. Say, Father, I come to you this morning because I heard the word. The phone is ringing, Lord, and I battled to answer it for a long time. But this morning I refuse to press the no answer button. I say yes to the calling of God. I say yes for what you have called me and designed me. And I speak life over my life. I say thank you, Jesus, that I can live and walk in this amazing race I am in right now. Lord, I commit myself to live out what I have been called for. So that because you have called me for a greater purpose than what I'm busy with. Thank you, God. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For this great calling 
that you have called me and I will serve you. I will be a person of impact. I will tell the whole world that Jesus saved in Jesus' name. Thank you for this grace. Amen. We want to pray. Stretch your hands out towards uh, Natalie. We want to pray. She had a diagnosis, what we don't accept. Father, we thank you. That thing is just a name. And we say in the name of Jesus, we say every rebellious cell in this body, you will die so that the cells of God can flow through her. We pray as this week, Lord, as that little girl had that diagnosis and that the miraculous power of God, we speak the miracle power of God right now from the top of her head till the soles of her feet. This war in her mind, I rebuke it in the mighty name of Jesus. We say cancer, bell in Jesus' name. And we speak life and life in resurrection. We cancel the generational curse. And we speak the resurrection power. By his stripes we have been made whole. By his stripes we are healed. In Jesus' name we pray. And we say amen. Turn to your neighbor. If anybody else is sick, just raise your hand right now. Father, we thank you for the miraculous. We thank you for healing. Just where somebody's hand is raised, just lay hands on them right now where you are. Just walk to them, lay hands on them. Come on, Jesus said you will lay your hands on the sick. God will heal them. You will cast out devils. Walk to them. Father, I thank you right now. Thank you right now. Thank you right now in Jesus' name for the miracle working power of God to touch to transform in Jesus name we speak the healing virtue of Jesus and we say thank you in the mighty name of Jesus the living Christ hallelujah turn to somebody say I say yes for the calling of God say you gonna make it I gonna make it we gonna make it and we gonna live visible for God Say, I refuse to press the red button on this great calling of God. I answer, yes, Lord, here am I. Say, I answer, yes, Lord, here am I. Send me, use me for your glory in Jesus' name. Don't forget about tonight, Pastor Tasha. Thank you, Father God, for this service, Lord. Thank you that we can be excited for what you are doing, Lord. Thank you for using us. Thank you for trusting us with your call, Father. I pray, Father, right now as people will leave this door, they are entering into their mission field and they step into that thing you want them to do, God's dream. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen and amen. Don't miss tonight. Come expectant. We are excited about what God is doing. Amen.